You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hey, beautiful people. How are you doing? Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Luna is uh, coming out with a 2.0 version. You know, in case you wanted to lose all of your life savings in a Ponzi scheme twice, that may be for you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the World According to Kyle podcast. Ow! How you doing, everybody? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for asking. You can always find me on your various social media platforms, including... On YouTube, at Kyle Max, on Twitter, at Kyleverse, Instagram, Kyle Max 86 Facebook's Kyle Max, Reddit, TWA2K, questions for the show, topics you want to see, slide into my DMs, and give me something, something. Uh, you can find me, uh, this podcast, on YouTube, or for your ears only, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, and Geo Savon. Uh, how you doing, everybody? Um, you know, lots been going on, so I've been uh, wanting to podcast more frequently. Um, my initial plan was to do uh, two podcasts per, uh, one, or sorry, one podcast every two weeks. But just things have been really, uh, really heating up. There's a lot to uh, go over, and uh, I don't want to uh, miss anything. I've actually got a backlog of uh, shit to talk about that uh, you know I could, I could easily do a podcast once per week. But I kind of want to ease my way into this. Um, we had uh, you know obviously the tragic uh, shooting uh, in Texas. Um, I'm going to go over that a little bit later. Um, first off, I think we're going to talk a little crypto as, uh, you know, uh, you know, I had a cold open that uh, was crypto related. So back by popular demand, it's a Tales from the Crypt. Oh, Tales from the Crypto. Ow, how is it going everybody's in the fucking red and uh so am i but um you know not really too worried about uh most of my shit as i did not <laughs> i did not advise anybody to buy any luna that's for damn sure um this is all about uh you know and this all boils down to knowing what you hold and knowing who the people uh, are that are operating, uh, you know, the platforms that you're, uh, the networks that you're invested in. Uh, this Do Quan guy uh, apparently had a kill switch, which would like um, automatically liquidate uh, all of uh, his uh, assets, and basically, so he would be able to get off. Uh, scot-free in the case of, you know, in the case of danger, which, uh, you know, their stablecoin collapsing 
and their stable coin was propped up by absolutely nothing was uh, danger and uh, dump all over investors. So those of you who are stupid enough to buy the 2.0 version, you're already down 70% on your holdings. So, you know, know the people who are operating the cryptos that uh, you're investing in. And um, at the very least, if you want to get into something speculatively, uh, if that's a word, you know what I'm talking about. If you want to get into something like that, get in uh, lightly and then and then uh, research more on it. Like, uh, say if I, if I liked kind of like the tokenomics of something and... Um, uh, you know, I didn't know too much about it I, and it was at a good price. I would buy it and then uh, I would, you know, continue to do research on that coin and then figure out if um, if I want to buy uh, more of that coin instead of just slapping down thousands of dollars right away and, uh, you know, uh, having a super high high risk asset potentially. Now, um, everything's been down and I've been looking to buy and uh, money's been tight lately. So what did I do? I broke out the hedge trimmers a little bit. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I shaved off um, a little bit off of some of my, um, some of my cryptos and, and I used it to buy a couple ones that... Um, I've been doing more research on lately and I've been finding that, uh, you know, it would help to have uh, a bit, you know, decent positions in. So, you know, I broke out the hedge trimmers, did a little chop, 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 chop off of uh, some of the assets that I had, um, uh, that I had um, an abundance of and then just, uh, you know, trim the fat, if you will. so the uh, I decided that uh, I needed to have a little bit of uh, Casper and I needed to have a little bit of Quant. Now um, the Casper I ended up getting and I have a you know a decent bag of uh, Quant I bought a little bit of and I'm gonna kind of um, perpetually kind of fund with like what you know a little bit over the course of the net uh my next couple uh paychecks and uh kind of like uh beef up over uh beef up over the next couple months i'm thinking uh so that's you know that's kind of the plan i already uh got some casper i got it uh locked into staking uh, i'm staking it I'm staking it right now, just having it locked in. I thought I think like the price right now is um, uh, around a little bit under uh, five cents Canadian. Uh, so, I mean that's like a uh, stupid uh, good deal. Uh, so, you know, I, I was really um, I was really stoked. I was gonna find the way to uh, get some money to be able to uh, buy it because I didn't think it would. Uh, it would get this low and who knows maybe the market dips lower you know i'm all for it uh you know i would i i i, I will gladly uh you know beef up my positions 
because, you know, I'm not worried uh, about the future. I mean, I'm invested in future-proof assets. I'm not invested in quick flips. I have a couple kind of long-shot specialty assets. But uh, for the most part, you know, I'm invested in things that are going to be around 5 to 10 years from now. And if I have to wait 5 to 10 years for them to hit their levels, then um, then so be it. Um you know, and uh, you know, I think like, you know, 35 cents, 30 cents Casper is around the, you know, range I've kind of been seeing it at. Uh, 15 cents I've seen it recently and it finally just kind of, uh, the bottom kind of caved out and um, and uh, and finally hit um, the 5 cent range and I, I couldn't resist. I had to, uh, I had to get out the hedge trimmers after, <laughs> after this. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit weird because uh, my landlord requires me to have uh, post-dated checks. So uh, <laughs> it was a little it was a little interesting, the uh, dichotomy between like me with my right hand uh, writing out fucking uh, post-dated checks. And with my left hand, I'm like flipping between flipping 20 different cryptos through like five different uh, exchanges uh, to hedge my portfolio with, with the other hand. So <laughs> it was an interesting uh, juxtaposition, an interesting contrast, uh, if you will. Um, I actually had to uh, look up uh, on YouTube how to write a check. Uh, that was um, that was how uh, ignorant I was on it, or not ignorant, but you know I've written them before. But this is how in, uh, infrequently I've done it in uh, the last little while that I actually had to fucking uh, watch a YouTube video and figure out uh, how exactly to. Uh, write a check. Now, um, you know, here, here's the thing where, with crypto where, uh, you can get really creamed if you're not, um, on top of your shit. So, um, I was, uh, you know, I had, uh, I had, a uh, hedged, my uh my uh, my positions and i uh, had got a little of extra usdt now uh there's only a few places you can buy casper uh i bought it off hotbit and uh hot the convenient thing about hotbit is that you can also uh stake directly on the website uh so i had all this us uh, uh usdt and then um i was uh was about to send it over to um, to the network, so this is why you always got to pay attention. Um, I was about to f uh, send the USDT to the uh, to the Hotbit network, and so I, I was looking at the bottom transaction fee twenty five fucking dollars to send uh, to send uh, the tether over to Hotbit. So what did I do? I flipped my uh, my tether for XLM and then sent my XLM because I, I, I found out that uh, Hotbit uh, accepts XLM. So I uh, flipped it to XLM and I know that XLM has a super low transaction fee. So uh, flipped it to XLM, sent it over to Hotbit 
and then uh, flip my XLM for uh, for tether, and then use my tether to uh, buy the Casper. Usually, I use uh, the market instead of the limit, but there uh, is not as much activity on the Hotbit network, so you actually have to uh, use limit. So you basically have to uh, set your price and set the order price. Um, so I kind of fucked up, and I set the uh, I set the price to. Uh, too low to buy and it started going up overnight and uh like i've bought time off there before like the, the good thing about hotbit is i have some like uh some good lesser known cryptos that uh that and you can stay directly off the site like uh with time like it took about five hours for my time order to fill when i was buying uh some time so I just I did it late last night and um, and I figured it would be good by the morning, but the price shot up and then all of a sudden my uh, my um, order for my low uh, you know lowish buy was uh, not filled and uh, so I had to you know set another order. You just got to be very careful with the price that you're setting it at if you want to be able to uh, have the order filled. Uh, right away and uh, so it's just a little uh, extra layer of confusion when you're um, setting limit orders instead of uh, market orders but with uh, unless like on KuCoin I find it takes very little time for transactions to settle so I can go with market orders and ever and it'll still settle within uh, seconds uh, because of the uh, amount of volume and activity on KuCoin, but the uh, uh, networks with like you know uh, uh, lesser activity, uh, you just have to be very careful at the price you're setting it on. Check the bar with the buys and sells, and uh, see if you can kind of squeeze in at a price if you want to be able to buy it right away. Like if you're worried that uh, that the price is gonna up, go up, I probably lost like maybe. 500 uh five i got like 500 less casper by um kind of not setting it at uh at the price that uh, the price that i really needed uh to set it at so you know just a couple tips if you're first uh if you're first uh getting in uh to crypto is uh make sure to pay attention to the transaction fees and really make sure to set a solid uh price if you're uh, doing limit instead of market orders. Now, what's so good about the uh, about these um, cryptos that I needed to uh, that I needed to hedge and I needed to uh, they needed to um, you know get some of these uh, to, in order to you know make sure my portfolio is well rounded. Well, uh, let's start with Casper. Okay, so. Casper is about, uh, you know, um, contracts. It's about, um, so like uh, how it was explained to me was, um, so Mark Zuckerberg, uh, he basically stole the idea of Facebook from these uh, sets of twins who were, were working on it with him. But he was the one who, uh, who went and, uh, you know, did all the footwork and like the... Uh, the, you know and like was working on it but 
with these twins, but he was the one who kind of like, you know, got got the process all in motion. So uh, Casper is like something that uh, that would have prevented like those twins from getting fucked over on Facebook. It's like creating a private layer for uh, to operate uh businesses and uh networks over top of that uh, you know is able to uh kind of um you know um uh quantitatively assess like uh who is doing what and who's putting what into the into the project whatever uh sort of uh project you're working on so uh uh the thing with casper is that it, it's kind of like it's gonna be around for for a while, and it's gonna uh, it's really gonna kind of um, uh, revolutionize uh, you know uh, enterprise and uh, business operations, and uh, just the fact that it's kind of uh, as dirt cheap as it is um, was definitely worth uh, for me to pick up a bag and uh i think it's kind of one of the assets that uh will be around for the utility uh bull run which most of my uh assets in my portfolio are uh pro utility assets i have a couple of long uh long shot uh tokenomic based uh assets as well uh for super high uh uh, profits potentially if uh, if they can uh, you know uh, pop back to all-time highs or if we get on another market bull run but uh, generally speaking 80 to 85 percent of my portfolio is in uh, utility based cryptos that are gonna uh, be around uh, for a long time that are gonna be the future of crypto now quant is another one of those assets and the uh the reason i got into quant is that um so quant is a uh blockchain that uh operates like uh what the, what they refer to as like an overledger and uh quant is gonna uh specialize in interoperability uh and it also utilizes distributed ledger technology uh dlt uh, and, uh, you know, it's so interoperability is basically going to be like if you are uh, if you have a network and uh, you're transferring um, to another network that so like, uh, say, uh, Hedera to ETH or XRP to Bitcoin, if uh, we're going to if we're going to use a lot of. Uh, a lot of those type of transactions in the future that uh, you know quant is uh, gonna be very heavily utilized so here uh, quant is currently quant is currently $85 Canadian as probably something like you know like uh, 60 70 bucks uh, 65 70 bucks American, I don't know exactly. Uh, they have a total supply of fourteen point six million. Uh, you know, when things were kind of like state more stable, it was trading at uh, one hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty dollars Canadian. Now, here's a here here's an interesting uh, um, uh, quote about their uh, description. So, uh, quote: um, 
it is an agnostic platform that connects the world's networks to blockchains and ensures you are not limited to any single vendor or technology. Overledger is the only platform that facilitates the development of internet scales development of decentralized multi-chain applications. End quote. So, you know, that was basically like a long-winded uh, way way of saying uh, of saying what I, what I just mentioned uh, is that uh, the 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 different network to different network transfer and being able to have uh, a, an overledger a, a ledger that's over top of all the other ledgers in networks that can uh, that can transfer between between networks. So. Um, a lot of people I've heard say that quant, uh, you know, uh, based on like the supply I, I, I just told you, uh, you know, it's not a, a, a super high supply. And there are a lot of people that um, think it's the most likely crypto to have a uh, Bitcoin like surge. Only this is like for utility instead of pure speculation uh as bitcoin was so like it can get even uh theoretically can get even higher um the best case scenario for us with quant is if there are uh multiple networks if like the future is going to have multiple uh networks with large market shares and it would require interoperability like you know if we have hedera and if we have uh, xrp and if uh if we have casper and if we have uh, eth and if we have bitcoin if if that is a future that we're looking at which i mean i you know there's a good chance that i mean that could happen if we have a you know uh you know um let's say 10 to 100 different uh, cryptos and networks, then that is the perfect uh, dream, you know, layout for quant to be able to hit massive numbers, massive numbers. So uh, if that's what we're looking at it uh, in the future at it, at a, you know, medium to high level of um, uh, multi-chain, multi-blockchain networks, then, um, not having quant is is gonna be a shitty time uh and you're gonna really miss out on uh on something that is uh has super uh super big uh btc like surge uh price potential uh so you know i so i can't not have a little bit uh, a little bit of this you know the 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 bad side is that if quant is going to, if there's going to be uh one or two blockchains that dominate and if you're going to send um if you're going to send all your uh crypto through you know a couple of a couple of blockchains and they're going to dominate the uh overall market share then the then that's the that's the worst case scenario for quant but i mean you know you're we're picking it up at uh at prices under 100 canadian is an absolute steal i would say uh you know right now for the uh you know dependent on the environment on the crypto environment i would say anything under like 200 canadian 
150 US is is you know is I'm fine with I'm fine with uh, I'm fine with um, you know padding my uh, uh, my bankroll my bag of uh, quant at those prices so uh, you know that's kind of what my uh, what my portfolio has been doing uh, lately not much else to update on um, Besides a uh, uh, Safe Moon now, uh, Safe Moon has kind of taken a shit kicking a little bit, um, but I uh, I haven't sold. It was one of the assets that I used uh, my hedge trimmers on to uh, be able to beef up uh, to be able to buy sorry buy bags on uh, Casper and Quant, but I still have like my. Uh, my bag uh like my my bag that i wanted for safe moon and uh you know if i had to break out the hedge trimmers to chop a little bit that's fine but i still have like my uh my desired amount and um you know it's it's kind of took in a little bit of a pumping lately and there's some excitement coming out and uh I just think they're kind of doing things the right way. They and they they're interested in and if they achieve their goals uh, that they set out. And from what I've seen so far, like I've liked what they've done. Like I uh, use a Safe Moon wallet, and I find it's like really uh, really good. It's like really solid product, and uh, they didn't just like come out with something that. Uh, that was just like, you know, okay, we needed to come out with something. And, uh, and, um, so if they do the same thing with, uh, with the swap and exchange and if, and if they really, and the blockchain, and if they achieve all the, all these goals, and if they do them, uh, the right way, uh, safe moon has massive potential, massive potential. And, um, you know, I kind of have not been, um, re-upping my bags is because I already had like uh, the desired bag that I wanted to have and I had it at good enough prices so I kind of am just waiting out uh, this current bear market and uh, see what happens now we could go lower and uh, we could go and that applies across the board um, many people are calling for you know the collapse of tether and uh further downward uh trajectory for btc um me personally i don't know i don't see the market going below one trillion uh and if it does you know not much has changed i still like my positions now so my portfolio uh I don't think it really makes sense to break down percentages because like percentages that I bought it for versus what it's worth now are fucking completely different. But you guys all know if you've been listening is that XRP is my fucking uh, is my uh, big daddy. That's what I got. 75% of my uh, uh, of my portfolio is invested in XRP and the following are like, you know, uh, lesser. um uh, lesser chunks, but still decent amounts and still like the minimum uh, desired amounts that I've wanted to have at least. So XRP and then uh, a split for the last 25% is between SafeMoon, XDC, HBAR, QNT, Casper, Time, Libero, and CrossWallet. So that's kind of how my portfolio is uh, looking 
right now, and um, we'll see how things play out. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a little bit surprised that there hasn't been a uh, pump, that there's been so much bearish action. Uh, I think that uh, maybe uh, a lot more, uh, that we've reached kind of the speculative peak of crypto, and that we are not going to start to see... uh, crazy pumps until uh the utility bull run comes and uh, that is going to come likely with uh the resolution uh of the uh xrp case so i think you know maybe we'll see a bull run before that um but if we don't i don't expect uh, i expect the net the that we uh, will see a utility slash altcoin bull run Finally, when uh, the this uh, XRP case gets resolved. So uh, let's move on to the next topic uh, now. Um, now time to darken uh, the mood significantly. Uh, now, um, you know, we had a, a quick moment of silence for the... Uh, for the uh, victims of the Buffalo shooting. Now... You know, it's time to have another quick moment of silence before, uh, you know, we go over the uh, Texas shooting. So, real quickly. All right. Now, um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, This is a very very complicated issue uh, to go over. And there's a lot of nuances and there's a lot of directions and there's a lot of... uh, politicizing of what's going on but ultimately um, politicizing is necessary because uh, politics are what uh, controls and runs how we operate things now I want to start here I want to start here so um this is the dangers of um, short-sighted thinking. Now, um, I, I one of my favorite authors is uh, Nassim Taleb, um, author of the famous Black Swan book, and uh, he has, for you know, last ten years, been um, really um, agitated by uh, this following uh, pseudo-intellectual, Steven Pinker. Now, Steven Pinker uh, released a book called The Better Angels of Our Nature, or some shit like that, where he he is saying that um, crime is dropping. Like, crime... The crime rates are dropping since... uh, the 90s and that this is because uh society is getting less violent now um if you would look around and say you know you'd probably if you would kind of like you know put your finger in the air and uh kind of get a uh, whiff of like uh what's happening i i don't think you would say that but i mean the um the stats do kind of bear that out but What's happening is that it's a uh, very short sample size. And Taleb talks about this in uh, Fooled by Randomness, his book Fooled by Randomness, is that 
you are taking the movement in any direction and you are analyzing it as either regression or progression towards something when uh, realistically it's just a short sample size and uh, you can't really uh, garner anything off of that you can't really uh, uh, you can't really objectively assess this as like uh, going up or going down it is just uh, you know a plot on the graph and there are different you know circumstances economically uh, circumstantially that uh, kind of play into what's happening so you are taking something that is like uh, completely random and you're trying to project uh, your worldview onto uh, onto uh, this and you know if you take the data back 25 you, you can you can basically create whichever uh, trend line you want based on you know how far you're pulling back the data and what narrative that uh, that you're um, trying to push now that's the thing with me is that you know I don't like books that kind of I like books that make me feel stupid and I think uh, most people kind of do the reverse they find these kind of pseudo intellectuals like Jordan Peterson and Steven Pinker who just like yeah you got these rules and you uh, can operate within these rules and that's life and if you follow them then you'll be good but um, if you actually understand reality for how it is and that there are no complete sets of rules and how to operate things that's the scary truth and uh that's the that's a truth that uh most people are uncomfortable with so they like these sets of rules i don't i like books that make me feel like an idiot after <laughs> after reading them and uh and I think, you know, we're at a, you know, if we just sit and like, you know, look at uh, the 90s and say, oh, hey, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, violence is down a little bit that we can really get, uh, we can really get flanked uh, by, um, you know, these horrific uh, uh, mass, mass shootings. And um, I have a theory, actually, uh, that what uh, precipitated the... Uh, the drop in crime from the 90s to like the aughts and the time frame that we're in now. And I don't know, maybe this is something for the Freakonomics guys to, uh, to uh, mull over the data on. Just a working theory from a, work <laughs> a working class um, asshole such as myself. Is that I feel that maybe um, instead of, you know where society is getting less violent. You know what I think that uh, was a reason for the, you know, notable or noteworthy uh, drop in crime uh, between the 90s and now? Video cameras. And the fact that everything is uh, video recorded. Uh, so, you know, a person who wanted to commit a violent act, you know, before... Uh, you know, they knew that, uh, you know, if uh, even if it got caught on camera, the footage would be choppy. Maybe they wouldn't be exactly able to be identified. Uh, now you got fucking uh, door cameras on every single door, uh, you know, every other door in uh, residential 
neighborhoods uh protecting their packages and like literally uh it's kind of rare for you to be able to uh get away with a crime without anybody uh without any kind of uh video footage or uh video camera seeing this now um i don't like um Using that as kind of a uh, a preface to jump into this um, horrific tragedy that happened in Uvalde, uh, Texas. Now, I don't know how Americans can just constantly uh, watch this happening. This is absolutely um, spiritually draining for me to watch. And I don't even fucking live in America. Uh, you know, it's like... It's really hit me hard to just think about what's happened and you hear hearing some of the fucking uh, some of the stories how you know they're uh, and hearing the timeline and like I do not know how fucking how Americans can just watch this and not do anything. Um, it's insane. Um, it's <laughs> and it's like yeah, it, thinking about you know those poor kids and what they fucking went through and, uh, the fucking horror, like, you know, that's, they wouldn't even put that in movies. It's so fucking, uh, it's so disturbing. And, you know, guns are to blame, but they aren't only to blame. Um, everyone likes to cite the fact that uh the mass shootings in the united states has a shit ton of mass shootings um it is that it is that you can easily access uh, assault rifles but unless the data has changed i know that uh switzerland actually has the most uh assault rifles per more assault rifles per capita than uh than the united states and they're never and they're never on the list. So I think it's a combination of, uh, of three different things. I think it's number one, guns. Number two, culture. And uh, number three, poverty. And I think these, this kind of co uh, conglomeration of things is uh, the is a is the is the deadly thing is the is the thing that is that is uh, you know creating this um, this environment in which uh, in which serial killers and mass shootings and shit like this like uh, is it, so prominent and <clears throat> it was. You know, I it was really heartening, uh, uh, and maybe um, foolishly heartening, uh, that the outpouring of support uh, towards uh, Texas, uh, despite the fact that they have had a negative or backwards impact on uh, gun culture, and that they have been unwilling to compromise and unwilling to. Uh, to sacrifice anything, anything at all, how they have been promoting, uh, promoting gun use from an early age. And so it's, you know, the, the, the outpouring of support towards uh, Texas in this massacre show that tells you all you need to know. That tells you that 
this is not about taking away your freedom, okay? You know, we do not want to, t- to take away your freedom. It's not about that. It's about not wanting to see mass murders. And what's responsible and, uh, and what isn't reasonable for uh, protection, okay? Like, you know, this isn't about wanting to uh, take shit away from you or to reduce your freedoms or your liberty. It just is about not wanting to see fucking kids get killed and your own citizens get fucking murdered, okay? It, you know, that shows you all it, all it needs to be. Um, that shows you all you need, all you need to know. And that is why, uh, and, and you know, they could have, uh, said, Hey, you know, this is Texas. This is what they do. This is what they signed up for. And, uh, and, but they didn't do that because they fucking care about you. They don't want, they don't want to, uh, kill your freedoms. Okay. They want your kids to fucking grow up to, uh, to see adulthood. Okay. Like, Every kid should have the fucking right to. <laughs> fucking disgusting. And, uh, but here's the cold truth that, um, that, uh, the left is not, uh, willing to realize is that they will literally, the right will literally start a civil war if you try to change the Second Amendment and you try to take their guns away. Because they are more worried about fake government conspiracies than real life kids dying. And that's the fucking truth of the matter. Is that your kids dying if you live in a red state is a willing sacrifice for them. They are willing to make that sacrifice. Kids dying and children dying in mass shootings is something they are comfortable with. And they have known this. They have known that this was going to happen from the get-go. And they didn't care. And they did nothing. And they were and they were a negative factor in preventing this. So they don't give a fuck. Okay? My only advice to you is that if you do not agree with this uh amosexual this uh this um you know hyper gun culture worldview you need to get the fuck out okay you need to view yourself the same as uh ukrainians right now except you are a domestic refugee it's like they have already laid all their cards on the table they already have all their cards laid on the table. And you keep thinking they're going to play nice or that they're going to change. They're not. It's like, you know, they they have their cards on the table and you're still going to call and you're just going to like, well, they have me beat. Maybe they'll split the pot with me. They're not going to fucking split the pot with you. This is who they are. They've showed you who they are. The rest is up to you. If you want to fucking deal with this, if you want this to be on you, if you want it to be, if you want to be a part of this, or if you want to uh, raise your kids in an environment where they are likely to fucking get mowed down by the next fucking insole fucking worm who fucking can't handle the bullying that literally every child goes through in life, 
then that's on you. That's on you. You need to fucking... I've said this before in prior podcasts. You need to love the environment you are living in. You need to agree fundamentally with the principles of the environment that you are living in. This is like you're in a fucking bad relationship and uh, you keep thinking that the other person is, uh, is going to change. They're not. They are who they are. They've showed themselves to you and now it's on you. Now it's on you to fucking do what you need to do to keep your children safe, to keep your family safe. Because the Second Amendment eventually is just going to be subject to interpretation. And if, uh, and, uh, you know, there's never going to be a universal background check or a federal uh, amendment to uh, alter it or anything. It's going to be fucking. They're, they're going to deal with a, upright, a you know, all these shootings and they're comfortable with that because, quite frankly, they're more worried about uh, fake Illuminati conspiracies that the government is going to, despite, you know, <laughs> despite the government not doing shit, uh, are going to somehow um, try and take their guns away. So that's what you're up against. And, um, I just view it as a fact of putting, uh, you know, putting myself in the shoes of someone that is living in there. This is do or die. This is, you are in a crisis. You must view yourself as a domestic refugee and get yourself the fuck out of there. Get out. <laughs> I mean, there's no, um, there's no two ways about it. Uh, Get some. If you don't want to see your kids uh, dying in one of these mass tragedies, go to a place where it is not easy for uh, an eighteen, uh, you know, an eighteen-year-old incel to uh, get his hands on a high-powered assault rifle and uh, mow down a bunch of people. And you know, people keep pointing out inconsistencies in these gun nuts arguments. Like, you know, oh, they say this, but not this. And, oh, they want, uh, you know, uh, they don't want you, um, they don't want you to get an abortion. But, uh, you know, they're also, they're also angry that fathers don't, don't exist. What they're doing is that they're treeing around the issue and that they're thinking of anything they can possibly think of to not address the core of the issue. It's like... You, you're expecting logical coherence from, from these fucking morons. And I don't think logical coherence is what they're going for. It's all about them using it as a rhetorical tool in order to justify uh, keeping their pockets fat with uh, NRA money at the expense of your kids' lives. And, you know, logical coherence uh, versus rhetoric... It, it's similar to um, to like kind of like a Freudian slip. Like a Freudian slip is something where somebody um, reveals the true nature of their character accidentally. Where they're putting up a, they have a mask that they're using and they accidentally tell the truth. That is what a uh, Freudian slip is. And probably the uh, most like... Um, um, 
most prominent, most like um, uh, great example of what uh, uh, a Freudian slip is was done very recently by uh, by former President uh, George W. Bush. Now, uh, let me play it for a second in case you guys uh, haven't heard it. So here, here it is. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) So that was a textbook example of a Freudian slip right there. And like, you know, uh... That is that was somebody who accidentally told the truth. That is somebody who accidentally um, uh, revealed the true nature of their character, and uh, so that is similar to people who are using rhetoric versus logical coherence. They don't care about about uh, they don't care about being consistent. They don't care about uh, about what's right. They care. They all they care about is whoever's lining their pockets or whatever political uh, narrative they're tr- they're trying to push. Okay, it's, these are two of the most rhetoric and Freudian slips are two of the most uh, powerful uh, and revealing uh, aspects of psychology that uh, that you can use that you can use to detect when somebody uh, when somebody is a a uh, person, well, let's just that a person that you should not want to be around. <laughs> that is, unless you are a complete fucking piece of shit. Also, <laughs> now, um, I know people keep saying, "Oh, voting to change this," or uh, let, "Let you know, vote to change this." Is you know. Uh, how is voting going to change this? Uh, Democrats have been in power for you know the majority of the last like twenty to thirty years, and uh, and uh, there's still not no change, and there's still not going to be change. You know why? Because the Democrats know that the Republicans will literally cause a civil war if you try to change it, if you try to change the Second Amendment. So, it really the best you can do is a state by state thing. The best you can do is by um, having mental health checks and having background checks in your state so that um, psychopaths like this uh, cannot get access to these uh, the, to this high powered uh, weaponry. Right. And, you know, you're going to see less uh, mass shootings in areas where there are and more mass shootings in areas where there aren't and uh like i said ultimately it is on you if you do not ideologically agree with the place that you are living in then stop fucking trying to fight it stop trying to fight it and uh go somewhere love where you live the um a couple other things on this issue is that there needs to be responsibility on the gun stores that sell this. Now, I know it's not legally possible in Texas because the NRA has uh, has made it so that uh, the gun store uh, that sells the rifle to the ki- to the person who uh, kills a bunch of children is not 
held legally responsible, but they need to be. And that will help create the uh, background checks. That will help create the uh, the red flags on uh, on people. That will help, uh, you know, that will or having some sort of system where you take training and have psychological assessments before you are able to whatever. It would help create the um, necessary uh, red tape so that. Uh, uh, this doesn't happen, and even the uh, gun store owner says uh, he felt, uh, you know, he you know felt bad about uh, selling the kid the gun. It's like, well, you know, you didn't you didn't fucking feel bad to not sell it to him or to um, vet him properly. It's like a relationship, uh, you know. You need to vet people properly before you know you just invite them to live with you or something. You need to, uh, you, you know, you need to do uh, personality assessments and make sure they don't have uh, Freudian slips or uh, you know coherence versus uh, rhetoric uh, slips or something like that. And now, real quickly, I just want to touch on the deeper issue, and uh, the deeper issue is how we treat each other. And um, the fact that there is such a uh, toxic, bullying, fucking um, shitty behavior culture that I think like that is the that is the reason why, despite the fact that, uh, you know, Switzerland has more uh, ARs per capita than the United States, that you're not seeing these things there is that there's. You know, just such a fucking toxic uh, culture and such a bullying culture. And the, so, you know, the one thing I will say is just treat just treat each other good. So, you know, stop fucking teasing. Stop bullying. Be tolerant. Fucking treat each other better, right? And stop, you know, stop giving kids hopelessness. Stop get, making kids feel like they're unwelcome or stop making pointing people out and uh and uh saying that you know they're you know they're uh you know whatever they're you know uh they don't dress a certain way they don't do this they don't do that and picking on them just be tolerant of people be good to people be kind to people because you never know what sort of reaction somebody has somebody will have and you never you never like you know just like you know you never know what uh, an act of uh, negativity can achieve and you never know what depth some like be positive and be nice to people even if they aren't nice to you you don't want to give somebody an excuse or the reason to uh to do to do this and just be better to each other stop trying to fucking tease and pick and fucking bully bully on people because you know that i think is the shit that like that sets people off and that is the shit where they feel completely hopeless like you know you think that your teenage years or your kid your kid growing up that the shit is so important you know, the people who, you know, I thought were cool back in fucking grade school, I don't think are cool anymore. They're fucking losers now. And some of the people who were losers or people who got picked on in uh, in grade school and high school are cool now. Everything can change. And uh, it's all about working on yourself and self-improvement. And you don't know who, uh, what somebody is capable of or what they will achieve. But just, you know... Don't 
you know, don't go over the top and don't fucking just ruthlessly pick on people and give people the hopelessness that they uh, want to be able to justify doing this insane fucking shit. It's, uh, like I said, it's a fucking draining for me to even fucking, um, to even try and, uh, try and fathom. And I don't even fucking live in the United States and Canada doesn't even have this shit here. But one thing I will say about, uh, Canadian culture right now is that, uh, so one of the, um, people who, uh, is vying for a premiership in the liberal party, Stephen Del Duca, he is, um, taking this as this headline of this mass shooting as an opportunity to push his agenda for a handgun, handgun ban. Now that is what I call going, uh, over the top. That is what is like, you know, he's taking something that is super popular and, or not popular, but he's taking a hot button issue and trying to overcorrect on it. And see, this is where I respect Americans is that Americans would not allow, like would not put up with this. This is, you know, acceptable in Canada, whereas like a handgun ban is like, Okay, but how do you fucking protect yourself? Nobody needs a goddamn AR, but you should be able to have the fucking right to protect yourself. What am I, you know, what am I going to do if there's some fucking, you know, six foot four fucking uh, 260 pound fucking behemoth with a fucking, uh, with a machete, uh, you you know, coming for me. I mean, so... Canada uh, does this too much to a detriment where we look at what's going on in the United States. And, oh, hey, we have to, uh, you know, we have to fucking go so hard in the other direction because this is, you know, the United States does stick up for freedom and they do. But I mean, you know, at a point where your children are getting murdered or like in uh, like they're fucking um, like they're fucking chickens, uh, you know, uh, getting slaughtered to fucking sent to the butcher. That's enough. That's a fucking other thing completely and uh, needs to um, and needs to be reassessed. But to the level of, you know, uh, Canada, where we're being too restrictive and having too much red tape is um, a detriment to us because there's nothing wrong with what uh, with what Canada has right now. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't need to be changed. The only reason that a politician is pushing it is because, uh, hey, uh, people are talking about it. It's a hot button issue in the United States. So, hey, let's uh, let's suffocate uh, Canada in more red tape, which is a reason why uh, why we're not um, able to compete with America as well as maybe we could. So any excuse to fucking uh, uh, latch on to a, a hot topic, a hot button issue in the United States uh, at the expense of your average everyday Canadian citizens. And uh, yeah, the liberals are willing to do that. The conservatives are and uh, the NDP just who the fuck knows wh- uh, what they're doing. They promise fucking so much. 
oh yeah, fucking this, that, we're gonna reduce climate change, you know, we're gonna give everybody money, we'll suck your dick every other weekend, oh yeah, where's that, <laughs> where's that money gonna come from, where are you gonna, uh, where are you gonna get that, oh yeah, we'll be paying like 80% in taxes in order to fucking uh, get this to happen, so, um, Canada needs to fucking realize what America does well, and kind of just fucking tone it down a little. <laughs> America going a little uh, too ham, if you will. <sighs> wow, so that's almost an hour, and there's five, that was only two subjects. So um, let's just have a uh, quick little grab bag of a few little uh, topics to close out the show. And, uh, finish off with that, cause, uh, that was fucking draining for me, and, uh, like I said, I don't even, uh, live in the United States. So, here is the TWA2K grab bag, the potpourri, uh, the small topics that, uh, a couple little small topics will, uh, will finally, uh, land the show, uh, on. So, uh, grab bag, okay. Which law of physics is it that whenever I fucking turn my back to a pot, the motherfucker boils over, like, right away? Like, I'll be fucking looking at it, and I'll be fucking looking at it, and I'll be looking at it. Then I go, hey, oh, let me shoot off a text to my friend. Oh, my fuck, it's boiling over right now. And it's like, why, like, physics needs to fucking explain that to me, okay? Uh, you know, why does it always work that way? Where like, it's ne- it never boils over while I'm looking at it, but I fucking go to turn my back for one second and then shit fucking boils over right away. I don't know. Some physicist needs to fucking explain that to me. Next issue. If you're really pro-life, if you are really pro-life and anti-abortion, why the fuck is your birthday, the day that you are born, on the day where you exit the vaginal uh, entry, or exit, if, if in this case, of uh, who is birthing? Answer me that. Why, if you are really so fucking pro-life, then why is your birthday not, oh, yeah, Okay, this is about three hours after um, your daddy was jackhammering me, and uh, you know he, you know he meant to fucking nut in my ass and missed, and then some of the fucking sperm uh, seeped down, and uh, you know, and then one of them, hit, one of them hit the egg, and then three three hours later, that is when you were born. So what? So if you're really pro life, then why isn't that your birthday? Because Birth, birth, this word that we agreed on, means being born. So, since you want to say that somebody is killing someone, how can you kill someone that is not born? Tell me. So, what you need to do if you're really pro-life is you need to change your birthday to the to the time and the date that's three hours after you were getting pile drived 
by your baby daddy and he was fucking you in the ass and he missed your anus and nut nutted into your vaginal entry and then three hours later uh that sperm fertilize that semi-retarded sperm that like uh you know accidentally uh swam into uh <laughs> and fertilize and fertilize your egg uh that that's when you need to change your birthday to if you're really so uh dedicated and committed to the uh concept of pro-life then really fucking do it say this is when i was born this is when i was born you know uh Three hours after missionary position only, <laughs> and the and the and the three seconds of pleasure that uh, my husband, who di- who's not allowed to masturbate, did uh, you know uh, finally nutted uh, three seconds after he stuck it inside of me, and three hours later when the egg was fertilized, that is when I was born, and that is my birthday because. That is what I think life is. So why don't you change the your since you want to change this uh, since you want to change the uh, the meaning of what it is to uh, murder some somebody, then why don't you change what it is to be born and change your goddamn birthday, and then you could be fucking uh, you know a, few, a almost a year older, so you fucking die quicker, you goddamn boomer idiot fuck. <sighs> Next topic in the grab bag. Let's pull one out. Uh, the New York City subway psycho. Did you guys see this? This, um, you know, this fucking, uh, you know, weirdo fucking dude in leotards. Uh, he grabbed this chick uh, by the hair and um, everybody and just had this psychotic uh, breakdown. And, uh, you know, super scary for the people who are around. But I wanted to use this to make a different point. In that society will never be well until massive groups of people are willing to step up and do what is right in that situation and stop this motherfucker. And stomp on this motherfucker. And get together and fucking and fucking take this guy down it's fucking embarrassing it's embarrassing to fucking live in a world where there are 20 motherfuckers on the goddamn subway doing nothing while he fucking is about to rip the hair out of this fucking poor woman who fucking did nothing who did nothing to antagonize him who he could have flipped out on anybody it's fucking disgusting and until fucking people can get to the point where, oh, at least I'm not being attacked. I'm just going to keep quiet and fucking, uh, and hopefully he doesn't attack me. Until people uh, can fucking step up and uh, say, hey, that's not right. Fucking stop it. Let's band together as a group and fucking take down this obvious person that is wrongdoing. That is doing wrong to someone else. Until we can get to that point as a society, we are fucking hopeless. And we are subjected to whatever the fuck other people want to do with, want to do with us. So I implore you to fucking uh, band together. If you see something wrong that is happening, get together with other people and stop it from happening. Because nobody can overpower 10 to 20 people 
that know what you're doing is wrong and want to stop you. Grab bag, let pull another one out. All right. We have reached the uh, generic quote overload part of the NFL offseason. <laughs> and where you're just seeing things like, oh, yeah, he's never been in greater shape. Oh, everything looks good. Um, everybody's going to win fucking at least 10 games, etc., uh, etc. Et so, you know, I'm an NFL guy and, you know, I like watching a little bit of the hockey playoffs and the NBA playoffs, but I mainly still paid attention to the NFL even during the offseason. And um, now the interesting debate uh, between the two uh, players that uh, and both players I own in uh, the one fantasy league that I'm in. I'm only in one fantasy league. And I'm interested to see... uh, which of the two um, does better? Uh, two second-year guys. So there's Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Now, Zach Wilson uh, showed more low side and higher upside uh, during uh, his season. Has the better um, team around him uh, and showed more high-end traits. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has the uh, ideal quarterback frame. He doesn't have as good of a team, but you know he doesn't need as good of a team because you know he's you know super gifted, super talented, has a cannon for an arm. So I'm really interested uh, to see which one of these two is the one that uh, pops off for me. If uh, if either of them, and which one, like I feel uh, more confident uh, putting my chips in the middle with, because there've been I've been getting trade offers for kind of uh, both of them, and I'm just like, well, if I had to ditch one, which one, which one would I ditch? But like, I mean, it's the ultimate debate. Is like, okay, talent with less, uh, t- with less uh, team around him, and. Uh, you know, not as much talent, but more uh, heart and a better team around him. It's going to be interesting to uh, to see which one of uh, the two flourishes um, flourishes uh, with um, with the upcoming uh, NFL season. I'm really interested uh, interested to see uh, what happens. And uh, grab another fucking topic. I think that uh, sending emails to yourself is one of the best parts of uh, having an email. It's probably half of what I <laughs> what I use uh, or what I um, what I like about uh, about using emails. The other, you know, a lot of the other crap is just spam, shit that I don't read. People sending me shit and I never reply and stuff like that. You know, I. I find that I use a lot, like, you know, uh, ha- at least half of what I uh, use emails for is just basically exclusively uh, sending um, stuff to myself instead of, uh, <laughs> instead of uh, you know, reading stuff from other people. So, that's it. That's all I got for you. It's been great. It's been another fabulous TWA 2K. So, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, that was the World According to Kyle podcast.
podcast. See y'all again on the next one.